Hello and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. So the last uh, two times that I've spoken, I've spoken about us returning to genuine love. Genuine love that's going to keep us from legalism and that's going to keep us from worldliness. And there's a generation rising up that don't want legalism and they don't actually want the practices of the world. And us as a church, the body, he wants to revive something in the body for us to get back to the main thing. And then we keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's us experiencing the love of God and then taking that love of God that you're experiencing in and through the example of what the word shows us, uh, specifically in the life of Jesus. And then you and I go, go and get to do that. But the disclaimer is this, you can't do it on your own. We love because he first loved us. So that's up to you. That's not us up here. I wish it was that awesome and easy to click my fingers and then everyone gets to experience the love of God. No, there's journey in pursuing the love of God. There's journey in pursuing that. And if we consistently don't get reminded of that, of returning to our first love, we're gonna veer off in what we, we said was the Eros prisons of legalism or worldliness. And we're not called to either. We're called to a radical, radical life of the expression of the love of God. And I wanted to share 1 Corinthians 13 because that had to be the motive. 1 Corinthians 13 had to be the complete motive of why we do what we wanna do. But then there's this thing of you going, I've connected to the love of God, what do I do now? And then 1 Corinthians 12, Paul shows us what we can do and those who are the lovers wanting to go and do something with it, he, he introduces us to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That then those gifts are not, as we've seen in church history, they're not to become a celebrity, they're not to gain something, they're not to gain wealth, they're there to expressly show the world who Jesus is. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, it's not yours. And that's the beautiful thing. So today what I want to do is I want to introduce just the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and it might, might take a while. So there's going to be no rush in it and, and today to introduce again. And, you know, for us who have been in the church and in the body of Christ for a while, we might take for granted that the next generation just knows this stuff. No, they don't. So we have to keep on teaching, keep on revealing, keep on showing, and then keep on being really yielded and really dependent upon the Spirit of God then to manifest that in our lives. This is such a beautiful thing that it is, the gift of the Spirit of God is reserved to you and I that we can go and represent Christ in a way that is not dependent upon me or my talents or my natural graces. It's dependent upon what the Spirit of God wants to do in and through me, through my availability and my yes, Lord. 
So wherever you are, he can apportion a gift for that moment and that time if we're available. The kingdom of God is about us posturing ourselves in a place of rest because of what Christ has done and then making ourselves available to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through you and I because Jesus said, I'm going to the Father now. I'm going to send the gift. I'm going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit to be with you all. But here it is, we are members of a body. That's why it's not one of us standing here, all the gifts reserved in one moment. No, then there's no use of a body. And, uh, and the beautiful thing is what he wants to do and what it does do when we all connecting to our role and our space and we connect to the gift that God wants to give me by the Holy Spirit, then we are in need of one another. But what happens is the enemy wants to cause disunity because of pride and because of all of those things. But that's why the love of God says, the love of God, love is. And you go and read that chapter. It's not self-seeking. All of those kind of things. So this next move of God, I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I do know the world system are trying to prophesy a third world war, but actually in the kingdom, it's a third great awakening. And that's what we need in the church. We need a great awakening because otherwise we're taking our natural abilities, we're taking knowledge, we're taking everything that we know to try and then present Christ where the Holy Spirit says, but I'm giving you gifts. I'm the gift. Are you available to be used by me in a certain place or space? But then it starts within the church and then it goes out and we get to practice here together. So I wanna introduce that to us. Receive to give, not receive to keep, not receive to make a platform, not receive, receive so I can give it away. And it takes humility and it takes a posture of yieldedness and surrender to what God wants to do on the planet. And as George has even, even spoken of, you just have to go and see what God is doing even on campuses and it's not flashy, it's just the presence of God. So what I wanna do is I wanna get us into a place that we're equipped when the Spirit of God comes. We're equipped with something that we can go out and we can go and share it and extend it. So we're a house that wants to equip. We wanna equip in us in the expectation, yes, Jesus, you're gonna do something so beautiful as you build your church. And you and I put up our hands in our availability and we say, yes, Lord, use me in whatever way but has to be grounded, rooted, and grounded in the love of God. Amen? We're on this journey together. So I'm gonna read a really big portion of scripture because some people here don't read their Bibles. So I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> jokes, but not jokes. 1 Corinthians 12, verses one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you are pagans, you are led astray by to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking the spirit of God says Jesus is a curse and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties or different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, there are varieties or different kinds of service, but the same Lord, there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Say this after me, to each is given. Okay, that means you. Everyone's in, to each of the body the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 
For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance or word of wisdom, to another is the utterance or the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to other gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish or discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to others the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of one body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and we're all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. For all, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weak are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow with greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, then all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers and miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. All apostles, all prophets, all teachers do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. And then it goes into 1 Corinthians 13. And the more excellent way is to be grounded in the love of God because if you're functioning in these gifts, which you can without love, the Bible says you're nothing. So that's why he goes. He shows us what is so available to you and I for the changing of society, but he says, but it has to be rooted in love. Has to be rooted and grounded in love because I've seen people with powerful gifts hurt people. And that's not us. It's not gonna be us as members of this body. We're gonna use what God gives us humbly and with grace and with the fear of the Lord, not hurting anybody. So Father, I wanna honor this so powerfully and so graciously because it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want to read this, add it to that, and then we'll get into it. We're going to open it up, but today's going to be an introduction. But Romans 12 from verse 4, it says this, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, 
are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let them use them. If prophecy in the proportion with our faith in service and serving to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity, to the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Verse nine, he says, but let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. So there's all these gifts, but he wants to root it and ground us into this place because it's eventually, if not rooted and grounded, and the reminder, even in Revelations, return to your first love. The many love has turned cold, the Bible says. In the last days, many, many, the love of God will become cold. So we have to cultivate that in our own hearts with God and with one another because that's how we experience the love of God is with one another. And, and, I, and I see this thing in, in Luke 10. You can go and read the whole chapter if you want. But in Luke 10, the Bible speaks of Jesus rejoicing. Now, Jesus lived in joy, but the one time it actually speaks of Jesus rejoicing. And why was he rejoicing? He was rejoicing because he had sent the 70 out and they had done what they were supposed to do. And there's like, okay, awesome. The 70 have done it. Now the rest of you guys do it. And they come back with testimonies. And the Bible says that Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, greatly rejoiced. And he says, Father, thank you that you haven't revealed this to all the Lanis, but you've revealed it to the children. So which means that we have to posture ourselves with a faith like a child that says, I just believe. And they come back and say, Jesus, the demons, they even, they listen at the command of your name. And Jesus is like, I'm so amped that these guys didn't only take my word, but they witnessed my word and they saw a demonstration of the word. And he greatly rejoiced and he prayed to the father. He said, this is it. Now Luke 10 was this moment of him training and releasing and he's going, oh, well, the speedy return to heaven is gonna happen. That's what happened in three years. What a beautiful thing because they took what he gave them and when Jesus lived, they were under his authority. We live now because Jesus is in full authority. But they lived under his covering. Now we have the resurrection life in us. We can operate by the spirit of God. They went out and they shared this good news. They shared the demonstration of the gospel and he said, go and heal the sick in, in these cities and in these towns and he says, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. So that's where it started. Here we are, here's the kingdom of God is near you. And Jesus says, I cast out demons by the spirit of God. And if that is so, the kingdom of God has come upon you. So it's like taking what he's given us. And we have to step over that line of religiosity or fear or all of these things or apathy. And we step over this thing and say, oh, the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God is near. And then Jesus said, it's not only near. And he said, now it's at hand. But then because of the resurrection of Jesus, now the kingdom of God is within you. It's just closer and closer and closer, which means more and more beautiful sacrificial responsibility that we have as the body of Christ. So you living in the world, what has that done? You can answer that. You living in religion, what has that done? Come back to experiencing the love of God for you because it's gonna change those around you. He was filled with joy. You see, and it's not for 
any special knowledge. It's not for any special te techniques and gimmicks and all of those kind of things. No. It's those who posture their hearts in faith and trust and yieldedness in their prayer to the Father. And it's not going to look like it looked like in the past moves of God. Seeming so genuine and so authentic and so real and so grounded and so giving back to Jesus. As George, I always talk with you, we don't want to be those guys that if Jesus walked into the room, we don't recognize him. But we like to share responsibility here. So it's all our fault. The manifestation of God's grace and power like these are not meant to be rare in the life of the church. Not meant to be rare. Part of normal Christian life. What Jesus started, he wants it to roll out. So when we get the opportunity to roll out, like when we leave the building, we take and say, I'm yielded to your Holy Spirit. For what is the gift needed for this and this and this and this place? And we have to get out of our mindset, it's hard work. No, it's living intentionally with my heart towards the affection of the Father. That's, it's living life. We've so boxed this thing of church and Christianity and like, oh, and I need to go and work for God. You can't, you can't. Just keep on asking. I've got four things I've asked of the Holy Spirit. Teach me about you. Holy Spirit, person of a, teach me about you. Teach me about Jesus. Teach me about the Father and teach me about the kingdom because I'm clueless. They're available to all all are willing for the Lord to use them however he chooses to be instruments of his love in a very, very needy world. Okay, so let's go to my slide. Why then don't we see such gifts in action anymore? If you can go to that next one. Number one, many Christians don't know what the spiritual gifts are, how they operate, or how to activate them and walk in them. So we don't because... We just don't know. So after a couple of months, you should know. Some people are afraid of being radically dependent on the Holy Spirit and find it easier to rely on knowledge, skill, experience, programs, routines, just the way it's been. Jesus wants to shake that up just the way it's been. It's the relying on, I'm surely, surely Jesus, you're going to come because of the way you came yesterday or the days previous or past. I'm sure that if you've been in Christ for any amount of time, there's starting a hunger to stir within you for the real and for the authentic power and the presence of God that back up the preaching of the gospel and the living of the gospel. Number three, others don't think they're worthy of having the Lord use them in a powerful way. That should be slowly disappearing out of your life here at Harvest because we've preached identity for a long time. You are worthy because of what Jesus has done on your behalf. The gift of righteousness makes you worthy. No, but we do need to start walking in that. Pope Francis actually Someone told me today, don't 
talk about the Catholics. No, 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 there needs to be unity in the body. And some of their letters and their theology is outstanding. Their practices and their ways, maybe not, but this is what he said. He said, if we really believe in the abundantly free working of the Holy Spirit, we Christians can learn so much from one another. Not just about being better informed than others, but rather about reaping what the Spirit has sown in them, which is also meant to be a gift for us. Randy Clark, he says this, bearing united witness to Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit is all the more necessary in our time. In a society that has pushed God to the margins and is suffering the consequences, we are surrounded by the walking wounded, those who have been hurt by living in a fallen world and especially by the fallout from a secularized culture, including broken relationships, broken families, neglect, abuse, crime, and prejudice. Many people have a gaping void deep inside, a great ache of the heart that shows itself in all kinds of harmful ways. It is the wound of spiritual orphanhood, a sense of aloneness and lack of identity that come from not knowing the heavenly father who knows us perfectly and loves us unconditionally. The gifts of the spirit are the balm to heal the world. They convince even the most broken and hardened hearts that God is real, present and active in their lives. They are part of God's answer to the spiritual darkness of our times. Today, more than ever, it is essential in the seeking to walk in the Spirit and His gifts. We walk in unity with one another. A third century Christian writer, Novotan, don't worry about his surname. It's Italian and long. He wrote a letter called Veritas Splendor. The truth, the splendor of truth. He wrote this. It is this Holy Spirit who bestows and directs gifts like jewels to the church, the bride of Christ. It is, in fact, he who raises up prophets in the church, instructs teachers, guides tongues, works wonders and healings, accomplishes miracles, grants the discernment of spirit, assigns governance, inspires counsel, distributes and harmonizes every other charismatic gift. In this way, he completes and perfects the Lord's church everywhere and in all things. So what are the spiritual gifts? Thank you, you can put that up for me. Next one. What are the spiritual gifts? Gift is called charisma, meaning a gift freely bestowed. You can't earn it. It's a gift that has to be received. Like everything in this beautiful kingdom, it needs to be received first to give. It's based on the word for grace, charis. Grace is the foundation of the Christian life, like we've said so often. The enabling power of God to do what you can't do in your own ability. Either you're going to try and do this in your natural ability or tap into natural grace, or you can tap into the supernatural grace of God to get the job done. It's a tangible, number three, expression of God's grace in a person's life in the form of a capacity. The, the definition, ability, capacity, and strength to do what you can't do. Capacity to act in a way that surpasses human power. They're given by the Holy Spirit. They, that's why it's called their spiritual gifts. Next slide, thank you. They are different kinds of service because their purpose is to serve others. 
There are different kinds of working because every time we use a gift, the Holy Spirit is working through us. And you see, when the Holy Spirit works in and through you, there's fruit in somebody else's life. There's change, there's transformation. They're manifestations of the Spirit because they make the presence of the Holy Spirit evident to others. I want the manifestation of the Spirit every time we meet. Don't you? Oh, please, Jesus. They're distributions of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit distributes them in different measure to different members of the church. And you'll find that in Hebrews. While God also, Hebrews 2, 4, bore witness by signs, wonders, and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So are they gonna do this next season in our own abilities or are we gonna go, Father, all I wanna do is be grounded in your love. Can I be faithful with your gifts? Can I be faithful with your gifts? And then you get to enjoy a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can grow in these gifts, but it's always gonna be dependent on the Spirit of God working in you and through you. And I think this generation of some seasoned men and women who have operated in certain gifts and maybe time, processes, churches, history, you've become silent. I feel the Lord's gonna start to kindle that in you as if you go farther. I yield myself to something that you've given me, but how can I use this to serve this generation around me with your kingdom and with your nature and with your character? So Paul was completely convinced that he could not live without the power and the presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he's written three quarters of the New Testament. And he says this in Romans 15, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. In 1 Corinthians 2, he says, my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It provides a visible confirmation of the truth of the gospel. Who gets the gifts? Next slide, you. Say me. That's awesome. Now, you said yes. So now you're responsible for that yes when the Holy Spirit comes and asks something, okay? You said yes. It's meant for everyone and that means you. They're meant to be given away. They're gifts to be given away for the common good, for the common good. I really thank God that the Father brought me and my family to harvest. Because we came into some authentic reality of no celebrity culture, just a desire 
for the real, for the authentic. We're not going to try and work it up, conjure up, stir it up. We just don't know how to do that kind of stuff. There's other guys on the planet might be, we don't know how to do that. We just want the real, we just want the authentic, and we will all know together if it's real, because the Spirit of God will be upon us. That Jesus will be leading us, he will be building his church. May we stay in that posture of going, I want to be used and I'm not going to be in competition when I see somebody else functioning with a gift of healing and they're seeing 50 people get healed and, and I see one. I just want to stand next to them so I can rub some more off them. But then maybe something happens in my life. We, there's no competition this thing. There's no one person. It's a body that finds unity together. And we celebrate when God uses that person and then they go sit down because the job's done. And then somebody else stands up. Lord Jesus, do it in our midst. See, the human idea of unity is uniformity. Everyone thinking, dressing, and acting alike. God's idea of unity is a marvelous unity in diversity. Each person contributing to the flourishing of the whole by using his or her unique God-given gifts. See, here's the thing, friends. Every believer has an irreplaceable role to play in the growth of the church. Everyone is given gifts that perfectly correspond to that role. Scripture therefore emphasizes that exercising our gifts is not optional, but it's a sacred responsibility. 1 Peter 4.10, please. Each, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. It's time for the love of God to be on display through your and my life. So let's pray. I, I want to declare this verse over you that I love and that is, I speak over myself and my family every single day. It's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Let that be a declaration. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that by your Holy Spirit, you will cause a stirring in every single person's heart and life. I thank you, Father, for the revealing of the gift that you have given each member of this community, of this house, of this church, and of people who call Harvest home. I thank you for your revealing I thank you for a deep stirring and a deep hunger in all of us that Jesus, you may be supreme and Lord over all of us. Holy Spirit, my greatest desire, our greatest desire is that Spirit of God, that you would come and that you would lead and that you would shape and that you would shift 
we want to present ourselves as sons and daughters who are confident and humble to take what you want to give us, that the body will find unity and that the world will find Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Increase your presence over us. Increase your presence over us, Holy Spirit, I pray. Just as Rich was speaking, I felt the Lord give me this scripture, praying the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. I just feel the Lord wants us to be enlightened, to understand what is our inheritance in him that we might know him, that we might love him, and as Rich said, that we might understand his calling and the power that he has invested in each one of us, that his kingdom might advance. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, because God is in the house. His spirit is with us. Thank you, Jesus.